0: Seeing is believing, and you're not gonna believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice, Samsung, more wow than ever.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. Ooh, a book club
2: All right, everybody, welcome back. It is the Osmo.com NHL DFS strategy show. We have a, what is this, eight-game slate? There's going to be nine total games. Early one got axed for COVID concerns, so back down to just eight. No showdowns for any of our subs to win uh, until later tonight in the Edmonton game. I think that's the feature showdown. So that game's going to be talked about, actually, not too much because – there, there isn't a whole lot to talk about, um, so maybe once we get to that game, we could just talk about like game theory and just like our general strategy when ownerships this high. But, anyways, we got eight games, so uh, just quick review from last night. But first, how are you doing, Cliffy?
3: How did last night go for you? I, I mean, last night probably could have gone a lot worse. Like, I didn't win any money, but um, I got back about three quarters of my entries, and I had zero percent Jeff Petrie. So. Um, on a night where there's one defenseman so far above everybody else on a short, short-ish slate, when you're at 0%, you still get back three-quarters of your entries, I think uh, you'll take it. So, I mean, I'm not, not going to complain. I think we're going to run into that problem a lot this year, especially, you know, tonight. Again, even though there is a bigger price pricing discrepancy, is like Petrie and Weber have been so close priced together, and they rarely go off at the same time. So like, <laughs> it feels like you're flipping a coin, and those kind of nights just you just got to put them in the rear view mirror because sometimes you just got to choose and sometimes you pick wrong and you just move on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I basically had one lineup
2: that did well and otherwise I would have gotten completely smashed. So it was uh, pretty lucky I'm running crazy hot right now. And so, yeah, I'm sure it'll swing in the other direction here and uh, you won't hear me talk about anything good for a while and uh, I'll be pretty negative, but for now it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. I mean, if you didn't have Montreal, if you didn't have Petrie, it kind of stinks when that happens when like there's one guy that's somewhat owned. I think he was like five to 10% owned or something, but like you needed him because he just outpaced everyone else at his position um, where you only start two of those guys. So it was tough. I mean, Pasternak you may, you may have needed him to have some success. Winnipeg won. Or I guess the stats line was decent. If you played old Winnipeg one, I think that was the best way to go with Shifley, Connor and Wheeler, but um, yeah, kind of a weird slate. Uh, Good one tonight, though. So, well, depending on what you want to play, actually. It could be a very tilting one. Some people, there's some mixed reviews early on this one. So, uh, we're going to start it out with the lowest total game of the night, the Dallas Stars and the Columbus Blue Jackets. 2.6 implied total for the Stars, 2.6 as well for the Blue Jackets. Jake Odinger and Jonas Corpusalo are your goalies here. Um, This one, probably going to go... A little bit overlooked, actually a lot of bit overlooked. If you're looking at the ownership uh, on the site right now, big news for Columbus—they're getting their guy Patrick Liney. Uh, he's going to slot alongside Alexander Texier and uh, Cam Atkinson, at least to start with. Um, the rest—I mean, Columbus looks pretty deep to me. Dallas uh, got to the Stanley Cup last year. I don't know how they did with this kind of roster plus saying, but. They did, um, and not starting their starting goalie. So this is kind of a weird game. But do, is there anything that you want to talk about here off the bat?
3: Well, yeah, the first thing that stu- stood out to me in this game is just how expensive Dallas was. Right, like they are really expensive. Like Pavelski and Gurianov averaging over seven k hints is over six thousand dollars, and he has six shots in five games. I think like that. Like we're talking really, really expensive. It's it's just getting me off Dallas. Like if that, like almost all of last year, all these players were like mid fours, five thousand, mid fives, like all of a sudden they're at the seven K range because their power play was good for two games, like I'll pass. Like Columbus is one of the least penalized teams in the NHL this this year, and they're one of the least penalized teams in the NHL last year. If Dallas only gets a couple power plays, I have a lot of concerns about how much offense they're actually gonna generate because they're not a great uh shot generation team at five on five they weren't last year they're not again this year like this isn't a great offensive team all the offensive success they've had is has become as has been because of the power play and like I said Columbus doesn't take a lot of penalties so like even in a game like this where like I think the players are too expensive sometimes I'll go down to the defenseman but even then like Klingberg's almost 7k and Hayes get in 6,000 dollars like um like maybe if it's a shorter slate, four or five games or something like that. We we only we only had so many options. I might get in on Dallas, but at those prices on the road, like with bad five on five numbers go dating back to last year, like I'm pretty much all out on Dallas. I don't think I have a single player in any of my lineups from that roster. Uh now again, I do twenty, I don't do two fifty like Jake does, so you know, take that with a grain of salt, but like if you're doing 150 tonight, I don't know how you don't come in under on Dallas. This is just—it's not a good matchup. Uh, like at, at five on five on the you know on the P, on the power play, uh, and they're way too expensive. So I'm out on Dallas. On the Columbus side, I have a lot of interest in what is ostensibly their third line: Jenner, Bjorkstrand, and Roslevic. <laughs> the reason for that is uh, it's one of those lines that you can fit in with McDavid and Seidel. So it's pretty obvious what my strategy is going to be here tonight. Um, And also uh, the other thing that kind of gets me on them is that they should be matched up against Dallas's second line. Early returns on that Dallas second line has been poor defensive numbers. And that's not hugely surprising considering Pavelski's in his late 30s. Uh Gariano's not known for his defense. uh. So I kind of like that Columbus third line is perfectly correlated on the power play. Rosalbic Jenner, Bjorkstrand. um, They're super cheap. Like you can fit them in with McDavid um, and they're going to be matched up against Pavelski and Garianov. So that's kind of where I'm going. Like I understand wanting to get in on line A, It's his first game of test year. It's not a bad line. It's good correlation and all that. I just don't think it's a good matchup up against Dallas. And I think people are going to be kind of excited to play him for some reason. It like, this is a way worse situation for him than it was in Winnipeg. Like, I don't know why people would be excited about line a in Columbus. Like, this is considerably worse for his fantasy upside. Like, I don't have a ton of interest in him at 7K playing for this team. So, um, give me some Rosvick, Bjorkstrand, Jenner, Jones. I'm going to mix in some Felino to get some more out of that power play stacks. Uh, give me some Corpasalo as well. I'm going to be using him Um not a fair bit, but he's one of my more popular goalies here tonight. Is it Corpus Allo or Miss Lickens? I think it's Corpus Allo. Corpus Allo. Yeah. So Corpus Allo, I have a fair amount of here tonight. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at. I'm, a, I'm off of Dallas completely. Uh, I, lo- I like Corpus Allo here tonight, and I'm going to be using mostly that third line, the Bjorkstrand, uh, Jenner, and uh, Rozevich lines, or some mixture of them with, with Seth Jones.
2: Yeah. And if you're looking at the lineup builder, I'm looking at it right now. Um, sometimes the lines get mixed up. Um, so yeah, you're talking about the Rosalek line is the one that you like that one showing the second line and the Domi line the third line. Um, it doesn't really matter here. I think all these no. lines are going to get a decent run, the top three, um, for Columbus. So I think like any of them are in play. I wouldn't have a problem stacking any of them, especially because, um, with the second and the third line specifically, uh, they fit with Edmonton. Like you can do a two man Domi Felino. I know that's not super enticing, but. Um, at least they're cheap they play together five on five and uh, both get some power play time Um, so i can see myself doing stuff like that with columbus um if i'm trying to get to a bunch of edmonton or another like maybe carolina power play stack um something more expensive um but as far as like having a bunch of exposure to this game i don't think that's going to be the case for me on either side like the only the only thing to like i guess about dallas is their ownership but like they still have to basically outscore Winnipeg or um, not? Well, yeah, Winnipeg, but uh, Edmonton as well uh, at these prices. So I just don't see that being very likely. Uh, I think I haven't checked on them in the top stack, but I'm assuming they're a little bit underowned, but still very low chance of being the top stack at this price. So
3: yeah, we have. A, them, sorry, we have them under five percent as a top two stack and outside the top ten. Like yeah. nowhere's at that price. Nowhere's close. Yeah,
2: no thanks. Um, even as a 150 maxer, I can't see myself getting to much of the Dallas side. You mentioned Klingberg's price. hiskin ends up to 6K. Just The pricing's broken here, it looks like, on DraftKings for these stars. So I'm just going with some shares of each of the top three lines for Columbus. Um, that Rosalick line does look like a pretty good value. So um, I like the call there. And then the defenseman... Um, they're both fine, uh, Jones and Wierenski. Uh, they do correlate better to specific lines, though. So um, Jones is going to go better with the Rousevic line. Wierenski is going to go better with the Tefier line. If you're going there with Line A in
3: his first game as a Blue Jacket. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to say about Seth Jones, I, he's had like he used to be like a, a multi-cat stud, but I don't think people realize his shot rate has fallen off a cliff. Like. Three years ago, he's at 3.1 shots per game. Two years ago, it was 2.5. Last year, it was 2.2, and this year, it's 1.9. It's been a steady decline for three years. Like He's not the same defenseman he was three years ago. So, like I'm using Jones because I'm putting him in with my power, Columbus power play stacks, but I wouldn't one-off him. I, if I was one-offing a defenseman here, would be Wierenski.
2: All right, let's go to the Canucks and the Canadiens. 2.8 implied total for the Canucks, 3.3 for Montreal. It's expected to be Demko and Allen because Holtby and Price went last night. These two teams played in Montreal, so they're just running it back. We've seen this a bunch of times. I think a pretty good idea of what the matches are going to be here. I don't see this one going that much different for these teams, so I think Montreal is going to dominate the possession until maybe it gets out of hand again. Their top three lines are more than in play for me. Um, I know the second line doesn't project very well, but uh, do you like Montreal again on a much bigger slate than last night? And then is there anything on the Vancouver side that you like?
3: Oh yeah. I like Montreal again here tonight, but I I think we kind of saw the problem with Montreal um, last night, as far as stacking goes, right? Because they do split up their guys on the power play quite a bit. um, And they do move like their centers around and stuff like that. So like, even they, even though they scored six goals last night, <laughs> their defense a defenseman was the only guy with a three-point game, right? Like, there's going to be some nights where they spread out because they are three pretty good lines. Like, Montreal's three top lines are three pretty evenly, you know, spaced out and, and matched lines. Um, the way that the matching went last night was the – they actually put Phil Dino out against Bo Horvat, and then they put the Nick Suzuki line out against Elias Patterson, but – like, honestly, I think for matchups, I don't think either one of those is good for Vancouver. Like, those are... Like, the top six got completely run over last night. Um, but I'm going back to my Montreal three again. Uh, Cockney Emmy's price kind of went back up. Um, but it's another one of those stacks, like him and Perry and Romanoff, or something that you can fit in uh, with your McDavid dry stacks later. So that's kind of why I'm on them. If I wasn't on uh, the Montreal... Uh, third line, because I'm using them with McDavid, I'd probably gravitate uh, more towards the Deno uh, line, sorry. Uh, the reason for that is because they're probably going to go up against the Horvat line. I think the Horvat line is worse defensively especially with Hoglander there Um, as a rookie. Rookies are usually pretty are usually aren't very good defensively. Tanner Pearson's not great.
0: Seeing is believing and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor, because this is an audio ad unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung more wow than ever.
3: So I think that's kind of where I'm going is that I would rather have, like if I'm probably like for me personally in my lineups, I'm going to have mostly if not all just Montreal three, because I'm going heavy McDavid tonight. If you're taking one of the top Montreal lines, I'd probably go towards the Donal line just because of the, of the Horvat matchup. Um, and I, I, I just think that's an easier game in game matchup. But I want the, the, honestly my favorite stack out of the whole game is the Vancouver power play. Mm. Um, you know, we saw, you know, back in when these two teams played early in the season, back in Vancouver, you know, we saw that one game from the Canucks where they scored like four power play goals or something like that, or three power play goals. Like this is legitimately one of the best power plays in the league. And we know the five guys that are going to be on it. And we know one of the lines is perfectly correlated. We know that they're not super expensive. And like Jake Allen, like, I think he's a step down from Carey Price. Like, it depends what you how you view Carey Price. Like, I'm not as high on him as some other people might be, but I still think Jake Allen is a step down here. So, um, I, I'm kind of digging this Vancouver power play. Like, outside of, like, I'm going pretty heavy McDavid. Outside of my McDavid lineups, the Vancouver power play is my second highest exposure. So, um, give me some of that Vancouver power play in Montreal, three here tonight. Uh, looking on the blue line, I mean, I, I guess you're fine to go back to Nate Schmidt um, if you want, but I think we're kind of sticking like Shea Weber's price came down. So I think, you know, Weber over Petrie's probably the play here tonight. Yeah. I mean, there's
2: probably going to be a little bit of an ownership discrepancy, but Petrie's big game, maybe boosts him a little bit. People, you know, the game log watchers or whatever, but from a projection standpoint, yeah, it's, it's Weber value, all that. Um, you're just going to get a little bit of increased ownership because his price came down and he's $1,200 cheaper than Petrie. Um, Yeah, I I don't mind going to some Vancouver uh, either top line or just the power play, like you said, like the onslaught. Um, You hope you get the bad Jake Allen. This is a goalie who's been historically very streaky. Um, And so, I don't know, that's probably just a narrative thing. That's probably terrible analysis, but, uh, you know, whatever. It's an 18K line that you can't fit in with, like, the great parts of Edmonton. You can't fit them in with McDavid and Drysdale. So, even if they don't outscore them, Uh, from a raw point perspective, I guess the thing that I'm doing in my non Edmonton lineups is just kind of relying on um, like a a balanced build. And so an 18 K line, you compare them with another 13, 14 K line at five on five. And you hope you get the two lines that uh, really outperform their projection here. And so I think Vancouver is one of them. I also think that any of the three Montreal lines are capable of, dominating at five on five here. So um, that's kind of like, I, I really like this game specifically the Montreal side, but right now I'm over on Vancouver, uh, Vancouver's top line because they're getting basically no ownership. Um, and so I like this game a lot. Couldn't um, use for Vancouver. If I'm going there, perfect guy to add in um, pretty dangerous on the power play, but you're more relying on assists. He is shooting a little bit more this year. Um, so I guess he, you're probably okay using him as a one-off, but i much prefer to use him in a uh, Vancouver power play or Vancouver one stack. So, yeah, I like this game a lot. Uh, I just kind of hope I land on the right parts of it. So that ownership for Montreal 2 um, is really, really low for a line that's been good at five on five, and uh, you get Suzuki and Drew in on that top power play. So looking forward to uh, playing a bunch of parts of this game.
3: Yeah, what about Demco? You like him at seventy one hundred? I mean,
2: as a a correlation play, I suppose, like, they just give up so many shots. What, they give up 40 shots last night?
3: Yeah, that's what we're looking for, baby. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, yeah, if you're playing Vancouver power play or Vancouver one, if you want to throw in Demko, uh, I have absolutely no problem with that. I I usually don't put too much thought into the goalie position. So anyone that's uh, near the min salary, the floor salary for goalie, uh, he's got some talent, and he's going to see volume. Yeah, I'm in on that for sure. He could lose and potentially be like a top three or four uh, highest scoring goalie on the night at 7,100. So, yep. Let's go to Carolina and Chicago. 3.4 implied total for the Hurricanes. 2.5 for the Hawks. Reimer and Lankanen are your goalies. Uh, speaking of goalies, Lankanen, he's one. Uh, a handful of uh, starts recently. Seems like they're done with the Subban experiment, at least until and cools off. Um, 2% ownership. He's going to be 7,200 against a team that over the last few years, uh, they put up as many shots and shot attempts as anyone. Um, so he might be another guy that we're looking at. Uh, Carolina, you're seeing some ownership on um, this top line. And that's really... That's really about it. Uh, is this a spot that you're looking towards? And not the gaudy four implied total that Edmonton has, but well, uh, closer to three and a half. It's not too bad on an eight game slate.
3: Yeah. I'm kind of like, I really don't know what to do with Carolina here. Cause I hate those lines. Like we were talking in our premium slack with some of our members before the show. And we were talking about the difference between having different players on the top line. Like for me, The difference between Brock McGinn on the top line and Andrei Svechnikov on the top line takes Carolina from like my I think it's my number two line to my number seven line, right? Like it's a big, big, big downgrade going from Andrei Svechnikov to Brock McGinn. Like we can't discount that. You can't just say, "Oh, it's this guy's just a little bit worse." No, he's considerably worse than Andrei Svechnikov. So that's kind of where like my issue comes in with Carolina is that, is that they're eff- effectively splitting across three different units, right? Ajo, Teravainen on the top line, then you have the Trocek line, then you have Stalin's Fetch on the third line. Like, they're trying to do what Montreal is doing, it seems like. And that's balance three lines and have a balanced attack, which, like, y- you don't really need to against Chicago, but I kind of get it. Um, where I'm going to on this on this night, actually, uh, I i don't have any of the top line. I don't have any of Ajo and Teravainen. Can I guess which line? Go ahead. Stall line. You got it. I mean, I I do have some of the second line as well. Um, I will say I have some stalls, Fetchnikov, Fogel. One, their numbers are insanely good. They yeah. play they played together last year quite a bit. Um, we're looking at an expected goals well over three actual goals scored at about two point eight, which is well above league average. Like even though they underperformed their expected goals, they're still scored at a, at a at a rate way above the league average. And beyond that is we get a little bit of that power play correlation that we're always looking for, right? Um, N- Natchez and Niederreiter uh, play the second power play unit. So, you know, you can use Natchez, Niederreiter, and Gardner, and, you know, there's another three-man stack that you can fit in uh, with your McDavid's and your dry sidles. Um, so that's kind of why I'm digging that second line. The third line, stalled. Fogels, Svechnikov, same thing. You can fit him in with your McDavid and your dry sidles. So, Um, that's kind of why I'm digging the Carolina depth a little bit more. And also Teravine and having so much time off, like, you know, we saw Pasternak come back and he struggled in his first game. We saw Vetchkin come back. He struggled in his first game. And like, I think he only got on the board with an empty net goal or something like that. So, um, you know, these guys coming back that haven't been playing for 10, 11, 12, 14 days or whatever it is. Um, I think you got to give them some time to kind of get acclimated. So I know Tuvo is super cheap at 4800 and that's probably what's driving a lot of ownership. But um, I'm dumping down to the second and the third lines to match in with my McDavid's and my dry saddles. Over on the Chicago side, did we get confirmation about Alex Debrinkat being in yet? I didn't see it. Yes. Yeah, so that's one thing to watch in this game is Alex Debrinkat was taken off the COVID list. But, you know, we saw that with actually the Carolina team on the weekend, right? It was all their guys got taken off the COVID list, but none of them played because they wanted to get them some more practice time or whatever it was. Or they weren't exactly cleared to play. They were just clear to leave the COVID list or something like that or some technicality. But anyways, like the burn Cat might be back tonight. He might not. So we don't exactly know what the Chicago lines are going to look like. And honestly, they've been, they've looked pretty bad all year. Other than Kublik, Strom, and Kuryshev, which is a line that has now been broken up, they've looked pretty bad. So I don't have any Chicago right now. What I will say is that if the Brink in tonight, I might dig in and go switch around some some of my Vancouver power play stacks to fit in. You know, if it's the Brink Kane, and Strom or something like that, um, I might dig into it. So I don't have any Chicago right now. Depends if the hat's back tonight. I might get one or two um, the hat's in. We'll see what that we'll see what happens when that lineup's released. But for now, it's it's the Carolina second and third lines for me.
2: Yeah, I like this the depth lines for Carolina specifically the install line. Um, I'm seeing different lines on our lineup builder, but I'm guessing this is just a, a mistake that's going to get corrected because. Looking at a couple other sites, uh, like lineup sites, and I'm seeing McGinn, Ajo, Terravine, and then third line, Sveshkov, Stahl, Fogel. So, assuming that's the case, um, yeah, I, I like the stall line. Uh, I like that they're considered the third line uh, because people often don't include third lines. They think they're bad, but, and you know, to some extent, uh, depending on the team, they are, but this is a really good third line. Um, they've got great numbers. Going back to the start of last season, going to go up against some Chicago depth, which is awesome. Um, I mean, going up against Chicago in general is awesome. 3.4 implied total. you got Sveshnikov. You uh, can score goals. So um, that's another two-man you can get to, like Stall Sveshnikov, or something like that. There's a bunch of options on the Carolina side. I'm not worried about playing too much Chicago. If the brinkette comes back, like, I would be interested in it. But the problem is that he's 6,600. So who are you going to – like, you would almost have to crunch or, like, make your lineups like he's in and then just adjust afterwards because, like, you're not going to drop Kane down to the brink at and then no one else is above 5,600, which is Strom. Um, so it, it'd be pretty tough to try to maneuver that situation unless you're just outright swapping mm-hmm. to um, – from from like a later game because even that Vancouver game is at 7 eastern this one starts at eight eastern so it would, might...
3: yeah it would have to be something like you have a Colorado one stack or a Flames yeah power play stack or something like that
2: yeah so kind of a tough situation to navigate i don't i'm not very interested in working that one out on an 8 game slate anyways um so i'm probably going to pass on Debrink regardless and if you know, he's 1% or less than 1% and he had, he's and Cliffy's winning all the money tonight. Um, and I won't, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Hamilton 6,600. He's my favorite defenseman tonight. Uh, he could probably go with any line, uh, but I prefer him with either that first line or the third line. I'm not like off the top line. They're just getting owned at a decent clip. And so, uh, you mentioned his, the Terravines $4,800 price is boosting their ownership a little bit, but I agree with it. Like, I think Carolina dominates the possession here more often than not. Uh, I want to mention there's a couple punty defensemen, uh, Brett Pesci and Brady Shea, I like for 2900 and 3400 on the Carolina side as well. If you're not going to Hamilton, I would try to not include two defensemen, two uncorrelated defensemen uh, from the same team on an eight-game slate if you can. Anything on the Chicago side for the blue line or any other one-offs, guys, you want to mention?
3: No, not, I'll get, not on Chicago at all tonight. Not, all like right. I said, unless to bring cats in.
2: Okay, fair enough. Arizona, St. Louis, 2.2 implied total for the Yotes, 3.2 for the Blues. Darcy Kemper and Jordan Binnington are your goalies. Uh, another game where I kind of just like one side, it's going to be very shocking which side I like. I think Cliffy is on the same page with me. So I asked you a few few shows ago if it was St. Louis tonight, but is this St. Louis tonight?
3: Uh, Yeah, this is definitely St. Louis tonight. Uh, I'm still on them. There's their numbers still look great. They're still rolling. Like there's nothing like Arizona's actually hasn't looked bad this year. That's something that should be said. They've actually looked like a competitive hockey team, which is something that I certainly wasn't expecting. And, like that Carolina top line interests me schmaltz garland keller but here's the problem is that again we're running into the mcdavid problem they're too expensive to stack with mcdavid and dry but are they good enough to put in with like vancouver and hope that they outscore mcdavid and dry like it's that conundrum that we're in tonight so even though i kind of want to use schmaltz garland keller like i'm out um i'm gonna be going back to the st louis second line shannon schwartz like, Kairo's Kyru, price has come up a lot. Um, he's priced on... Almost-
0: Seeing is believing. And you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung. More wow than ever. No purchase necessary.
3: Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Both right up with Schwartz. And Kairu's still only playing, like, I think, you know, he double-dogged last game, but I think he only played 12 minutes. So, like, you can't, you can't really expect a ton out of a guy playing 12 minutes a night. Um. So, like, you can leave Kairou off. I'm completely fine with that. Um, you can use some sort of St. Louis power play stack if you want to add in Perron or whatever. Um, but, yeah, this is one of the stacks that I'm going to in my lineups that aren't uh, my Edmonton lineups for sure. Um, one thing I want to mention about Arizona, though, is um, Jordan Osterly. He was a guy that we talked about quite a bit last year because he got a lot of power play run. He actually uh, got more minutes than Jacob Chikrin in their last game, their last game out against Anaheim. He played 23 minutes, and he's running their second power play unit, and they're pretty much splitting their two power play units. So Osterley 3,500 you know, 22, 23 minutes, um, getting a good amount of power play time. He's one of my favorite, like, lower-priced defensemen here tonight. But other than that, I don't have much from Arizona other than him. I do like Darcy Kemper, assume, assuming Kemper starts here tonight. Um, I'm going to be in on Kemper just because of his price, and I think, you know, it's a good matchup. You know, not that it's a good matchup, but it's, it's as good as – I don't know how to explain it, but, like, St. Louis doesn't – really it yeah, on, yeah, right? that's that's kind of it. Like, it's, I know St. Louis has put up six or seven goals at time this year, but they're not a team that I generally worry about putting up six or seven goals. Like, they're not a Colorado or Tampa Bay or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm in on Kemper and Osterley. I'm in on St. Louis too. St. Louis power play, I should say more specifically. Like, I do have some mm-hmm. uh, Peron and O'Reilly that I'm mixing in. Um, that's where I'm going here, but like not a ton because, like I said, I can't fit them fit them in with McDavid, and I'm playing McDavid tonight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like what you said about St. Louis, the second line
2: you can include Cairo, You don't have to 4,500 only playing, you know, not even like the teams in some games, that's a little bit difficult. Um, you got to hope that he dongs in his 12 minutes or 13 minutes. Um, I think you can play either of the St. Louis lines at five on five. And I'm also going to be stacking some full power play St. Louis stacks and hope they get one of those six or seven games. And, that they outscore Winnipeg's power play, uh, because again, they're impossible to play with if you're taking the most expensive guys, uh, unless you're just going like three, three with a couple punt defensemen. I think, I think it's possible with St. Louis two and Edmonton one, but then you're leaving off dry style uh, and people don't really like to do that. Not, not gonna be too many people doing that today. Um, Cruz also 5,700. I wouldn't play him without, uh, Either one of the top two lines um, in my lineups on DK, just not a peripherals guy. You mentioned Osele. Uh Do you know is is Gross Jordan Gross? Is he new? Is he a is he a rookie? As far as I know, yeah, because I, I, I hadn't seen his name in my sheet before, and he was a guy that popped up as the guy that uh, has just taken a decent amount of shots. He's played like two or three games, but uh, I think I looked up his numbers, and he's like not even a half point per game player, so. I didn't know if uh, if you had any thoughts on him, but he's 2900. he's a guy that I got to.
3: yeah well my thought is like like we talked about Kyle Capo Bianco a couple games ago. My thought is is that Capo Bianco is, is a better defenseman than Jordan Gross but Capo Bianco's not playing so it doesn't matter Yeah.
2: Um, Pareco 4800, Vince Dunn's down to, down to 2800 not going to be owned if there's ever a Vince Dunn spot. maybe it's here at 1.3 percent ownership. Uh, maybe he gets a game where he plays 18 minutes instead of 13 or something like that. Um, but yeah. Do you like the third line at all for St. Louis? I guess we kind of
3: skipped over them. Uh, not really. As weird as it sounds, like I don't like it that much without Tyler Bozak there. Like Bozak being injured, I think kind of hurts that line. He's he's not like, he's not a first liner or whatever. Like he was in Toronto. But he's a good third-line playmaker, right? And Robert Thomas is good, and but and Mike Hoffman is like a one-dimensional – he's a shooter. He needs people to get him the puck, and I'm not sure Sammy Blaze is the guy to do that. Like, I think they need – if Bozak was there, I'd have interest, let's say that.
2: All right. Uh, before we move it on, just want to uh, give you guys the normal reminders. You guys helped us get to 50,000 YouTube subscribers a bunch of premium subscriptions, so thank you guys all for that. Uh, if you could, please hit the like button. That really helps us out. Uh, subscriptions also are uh, huge for the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell. You'll know when we go live. Um, other stuff we've got going on right now. Uh, we've got a new Osmo NHL account, so it's just at Osmo NHL. If you want to go give that a follow, that's where you're going to find out. Um Late news, uh, news that happens after lock, anything that we've got going on that's urgent in the premium Slack chat. uh, We've got NBA projections and NHL projections for free today, so go check those out if you have not already. And uh, let's move it on to the next four games, or I guess the last four games. We've got Calgary and Winnipeg, 3.1 implied total for the Flames, three for the Jets. David Riddick and Laurent Brassois are your expected goalies here. We saw this one last night. Uh, Calgary won in a shootout, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Winnipeg tied it up late. That's right. And uh, some Winnipeg one or Winnipeg two, I guess, uh, was in the winning lineup. So are they going to be in the winning lineup again tonight? Not seeing crazy ownership, but kind of a little bit on the top
3: six in – on both sides here. Yeah, this is a weird one because I think we're going to have to be concerned about lines here. Um, Calgary changed up their lines and went almost exclusively back when Kachuk, Mongepane in the third period last night. That would, that would be a line I'd have interest in, um, but we don't know if they're going to be together. Um, They moved Sam Bennett up to play with, with Sean Monahan and Johnny Godro. I'd have less interest in that line. Uh, For me, if it's Kachuk, Backlund, Mangiapane, that would be the line I would go to, but we don't know if they're together. So um, my Calgary stacks right now, I think I have one Backlund, Kachuk, Mangiapane line because I have another line that I can swap to. Uh, Other than that, I'm just power play stacking them because we just don't know what the lines are going to be for Calgary. And it's a shame because I think this is a really pretty good spot for the Flames. I mean, the Flames rolled last night. If you watched the game or if you looked at the numbers, either one would tell you, uh Calgary controlled the game last night. Um one thing I want to mention about that game is that Winnipeg didn't hard match. Uh Mark Scheifele didn't see 50% of his ice time against either uh Johnny Gojo or Matt Kachuk, which means they weren't hard matching against either of the top two lines. So as far as line matching goes, we don't there's really no telling what's gonna go on here, but with the way that Winnipeg has their line set up, I don't think it matters a whole lot. Um, I don't think there's there's no line that I'm looking at Winnipeg and be like, oh my god, I have to avoid this line tonight. It's such a terrible matchup. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, what the only thing I'm concerned about is what Calgary's going to do with their lines. I'm out on Winnipeg tonight. I don't think I have any Jets. Like I might have something like some one off Oilers or something like that, but that's about it. Um, I'm mostly on Calgary power play here tonight. Uh, neither goalie. Um, both go both. It should be both backup goalies here tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Riddick against Brasois. Um, neither goalie very good. So that's kind of, you know, another bit of incentive to play players out of this game rather than Edmonton. Um, uh, but I'm going Calgary power play mostly just because we don't know what the lines are going to be like.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's really a priority play for me here. I'm looking at the ownership uh, on this game. Uh, like on the Winnipeg side compared to my current exposures. And they're basically right on with each other. So I'm fine. Like Winnipeg is definitely a team. I want to include their top two lines in uh, MME, but I don't think I'm going to be heavy on them in like the higher dollar stuff um, where I'm looking to more, just like play some more Winnipeg or Winnipeg, uh, play some more Edmonton or, you know, some more low on stacks, maybe a Vancouver power play. Um, so I think they're owned fairly, uh, maybe a little bit under owned according to the top stack tool, uh, that Shiker line is specifically. So if you're, you know, flipping a coin between the two lines, maybe that, uh, helps you get some clarity there. And then if it w- like, if we knew it was back when Manji, could that'd be a line I would jump on right away. Uh, it's cheap and not a lot of people are going to have it. So what I might do, um, what I'm probably going to do is just play like, Crunch like the calorie lines are what they started as last night and then just be ready to adjust um, if they come out, regardless of how I'm doing after basically one period of a, a handful of games is when you're going to get this new. So um, I would swap to that line a bunch. Like I would go out of my way to do it if I could, because that's not only going to be a unique combo, but that might be a way where you could get more exposure, like an extra McDavid, or an extra dry style, um, that many people won't have. So, I, now that I'm thinking of it, it might be worth it to just crunch my lineups like it is back when Kachuk and Mangiaplani. Because, like, <laughs> no one, I mean, not that many people are doing that. Maybe some people are,
3: now that you said that, um, now that we've talked through a little bit, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I mean pretty, even us talking about it, I can't imagine that trio is going to be more than 1% tonight.
2: No, yeah, it's, it's not going to be. Like, maybe a few people watching the show do, maybe a few other people that have – Thought the slate through, have thought about that, but yeah, like it, it's not a bad idea to do it. You, you need to figure out some way to be weird with the win impact tonight if you're just slamming them because they're going to be above fifty percent in some of the higher dollar stuff. I'm almost certain of it. A nine k McDavid, and uh, I don't dry settle is what eighty seven hundred. Yeah, crazy times. But uh, that's all I've got for this game. Anything else you want to mention? Did we talk about defenseman at all? Pionk, Morrissey, Geo, Matt Anderson, Tanev scored a goal last night.
3: Yeah, I'm putting Anderson in with my Calgary PP stacks, but other than that, like, there's not a ton out of this game for a defenseman that I really like. Um, Pionk is fine if you want to get a bit different with Winnipeg and avoid avoid Morrissey. Uh, that's about it. I'm not using either goalie. Pionk always grades out well in our projections.
2: Um, it, is he a peripheral player? Like, he doesn't really strike me as a guy that. Gets a ton of blocks. Gets a ton of shots. Maybe just gets enough of both.
3: No, he, yeah he he's not really known for his peripherals. Like he he can put up a couple shots a game, but he doesn't block a lot. But it's his it, for right now. It's his ice time. Like he's getting 23, 24 minutes a game. Yeah,
2: makes sense. Uh, all right, let's move it on to Minnesota and Colorado. Depleted Minnesota team, and then a Colorado team that's missing their best player, one of the best players in the NHL. So for the wild, I believe it's going to be Talbot. Uh, and then Drew Bauer is confirmed for the abs 2.5 implied for the wild 3.1 for the abs. What is going on with the wild lines that, like, there's like five guys that I have barely heard of on this Minnesota team out of their 18. Uh, and one of them, I only know because I went to the same high school as him. So, Really, there's like six guys. And then Colorado's basically just moving around their um, their centers here. Sheldon, is it Drees? He's, he's playing. He, he wasn't in the lineup before. So he's going to sign as the fourth center. Uh, Tyson Jost going to center. Nishushkin and, and Donskoy. Kadri staying with Sod and I thought he might move up, but that would have made it a little bit more of an interesting price point. And then Comfer is going to go from line three to line one with Landeskog and so what does this, all this information do for you here?
3: Okay. Hey, so like, I'm pretty out on the t- typical Minnesota scores, which is Parise and Kapasov. Cause one, they split them up on different lines, which is super annoying. Um, they're like with Kevin Fiala still out, like remember Fiala got suspended. So with Fiala out, their two best wingers are Parise I'd say they're only two good offensive, like, real good offensive wingers, appreciate and Kaprazov, and they have them on different lines. So, like, I just have no interest. Like, I'm not going to go stack Victor Rask and Gerald Mayhew just so I can play Kaprazov. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not doing that. So, I'm out on those two lines. It's the Erickson at Greenway Hartman line that actually kind of interests me here. One, it's their price, right? Like, they're just over 10K, so you can fit them in with your McDavid lines. Two, like, Erickson, Eck, and Greenway, generally speaking, have been really good together going back the last couple years. Uh, Not necessarily known for their offense, but, again, at that price range when you're talking about 10 k so they can get up to McDavid, like, you don't need them to go out and put up four-point nights, right? Like, a goal and an assist is, like, way more than enough. So I kind of like that they're going into the Colorado 1 matchup as well. I think that's the matchup that's going to happen. Um, Landis Gog's defensive numbers have kind of slipped as his career's age. Branton has never been a great defensive player. Um, you know, they should go up against, I think they'll face it, uh, kale McCarran, Bowen Byram. That might be a tough matchup, but like, there are only so many spots you can go if you want to fit in McDavid and Dry Sidle and, and those guys. So that's kind of where I'm going here is Erickson, at Greenway, Hartman. Their numbers. Like a lot of their numbers are without Hartman, but Erickson Eck and Green, like I said, Erickson Eck and Greenway played well together generally in a shutdown role, but like they're getting a ton of minutes. They played like 18, 19 minutes each last game. So like 19 minutes, I don't care if Greenway's not a good offensive player. If he's playing 19 minutes and I can fit him in in my McDavid lineups, I'm going to do it. So I'm out on Colorado tonight, actually. Like I, I'm not stacking their lines. I, like, people are going to go after Tom for, and I just don't think... Like, it is such a massive downgrade from from McKinnon to JT Cockford. Like, this isn't Confort sliding into Kaji's role. This is Comfer sliding into McKinnon's role. And we're expecting, you know, Ranton and Landeskog to still, like, produce three-point games against a, Minnes- a Minnesota team that is really good defensively. Like, this is a tough matchup for Colorado. I just... I have no interest in paying nearly $8,000 for Miko Rantanen with Nathan McKinnon out of the lineup. So uh, if you wanted like dumpster dive, if you want to do like a Kadri Saad two-man to fit in with McDavid or something like that, like I'm fine with it, but I'm like, I'm not power play stock stacking Colorado or anything like that tonight. Honestly, out of this game, the only line stack that I have is Erickson, Eck, Hartman and Greenway.
2: Okay. Uh, wait, who who's just slotting in on the top power play with uh, with McKinnon out? I
3: assume it's going to be Confer. Okay. So they're fully correlated. Yeah. Because um, Confer, Confer played on the power play earlier in the season, didn't he? When I think – because they're – like the first few games, they're switching around Kadri at times. Like they were going with different guys on the top PPU. Yeah. And I think Comfer got like – not a lot. Like I'm talking like two power play opportunities. So I'm just assuming he takes that role. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're
2: they're fully correlated. If you can stomach the price, which I, I don't blame you if you can't, especially on Edmonton one chalk night, uh, you're gonna feel pretty dumb if you get one goal out of Colorado one without McKinnon, and uh, yeah, Edmonton goes
3: nuts. right. Like, do you want to pay eighteen thousand dollars for Colorado one without Nathan McKinnon? Like, Not really? No, I mean, I guess Minnesota too. Like it's not like it's Ottawa or Florida or Nashville or something or Detroit. Yeah,
2: I think Minnesota's game plan is going to be, let's just try to slow it down. Like they don't have much scoring to start with. Uh, one of their best scoring defensemen's out, Dumba, for who knows how long. Um, I mean, they still got Suter, Spurgeon, Brodine. Uh, maybe Susie's going to be good. I don't know. Ian Cole, the guy they just traded for. So, yeah, I don't think they're terrible defensively. Um, Caprizoff, I mean, 5,200. If you wanted to one off him, that's fine. I, I think I agree with you as well on the Erickson at Greenway Hartman line. They just played a ton last game. Uh, so maybe they play another close to 20 minutes and score a goal. Um, that could easily happen. The Cadre line getting a bunch of ownership too, as is Colorado one. So if these ownerships stick, um, then I don't really have a ton of interest in Colorado. If they come down a little bit, I'll start to get a little bit more of them, but I like Montreal a little bit better. Um, Some of these other spots, St. Louis, I think I like a little bit better than uh, Colorado, especially at their ownership. So probably going to be steering clear of uh, this Colorado two chalk. Looks like they're going to be a popular duo or um, popular pairing with Edmonton, which we'll get to in just a second. Anything else in this game? Yeah, I can't tell, but baby. All right, yeah, going to see a lot of volume and a lot of uh, not non McKinnon volume. So generally, pretty good, uh, pretty good stuff there. Talbot, I think he's. I got McKinnon up here. Talbot's seventy one hundred, I think. So uh, I don't know that he's confirmed, confirmed, but I I saw that he was likely to start. So you could always swap down if something changes on DK at least. And then FanDuel's pricing their goalies the uh, the exact same. Let's go to Ottawa. And Edmonton, we've got about 10 more minutes here before we got to get out. 2.7 implied total for the Sens, 3.9 for the Oilers. It's Hogberg, it's Koskinen, and uh, it's Edmonton one night. We're showing – so the ownership's just, as you guys know, some of you know, uh, we get asked this all the time, like what tournament's it for. It's for the biggest tournament of the night, like the most entry tournament. So generally with that, you're going to get some high ownership on – the studs. Um, but you know, you might see McDavid like 35% at 9k, 40%. I I don't think would be that shocking. Same thing with dry sidle and like the $10 and the higher dollar stuff, they might get to 45, 50, 55. Like it's, it's going to be pretty hefty chalk. So I guess that's really the only thing we can talk about here outside of just listing what Ottawa's got going on. Looks like Oh no. Uh, Stetzel is in, I think it's just a naming issue that I'm seeing on my screen, but no Shabbat for Ottawa. Again, they got crushed by the same Edmonton team, gave up eight goals, uh, basically like two periods until they took their foot off the gas. Power play was working. If Ottawa's going to the penalty box here, it's probably going to be more of the same, uh, yeah, I, just just tell people how
3: you're like what you're doing with your lineups here. Okay, so this is here's the conundrum for tonight: is that obviously Edmonton is in a great spot and they're super expensive on a night like this. You kind of have two options. One is I think one is overweight, and one is fade. Like for me, I'm like when I say fade, I mean true fade. I know when you do 150 and you say yeah. fade, it'd be like. Instead of twenty five percent, I'd play fifteen percent. Like that would be your definition of underweight. Underweight. I try to underweights. Underweights. Yeah, that's a better term to use. So you'd be much underweight. Like when I say fade, I mean genuinely fade. Like zero percent McDavid in my twenty lineups. Here's the problem with tonight is that with Nathan McKinnon out, there's no other high dollar spot to pivot to. So it's either McDavid or like you talked about earlier, you know, two balanced stacks. That's what you're doing tonight. So my problem with not rostering McDavid is this, is that if McDavid has a four-point night, you're screwed. Whereas, you know, if the Vancouver power play goes off and, like, you know, Pedersen has a three-point night and JT Miller has a hat-trick or something like that, you're still live with Edmonton later because they could blow that Vancouver power play out of the water and Vancouver power play is too expensive to stack with your Edmonton stack. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it is that – If you don't stack McDavid and he goes off, you're toast. If you don't, if you do stack McDavid, you still have outs. You know what I mean? That's kind of the way that I'm looking at it. So, I understand fading McDavid. And this morning when I woke up, that was my initial plan. I wasn't going to play them tonight. Like it was like I wasn't even going to look at the numbers. It was just auto fade because I knew that the ownership was going to be insane. But then as soon as I saw that Nathan McKinnon was out that just changed everything for me because there's no pivot anymore. It's either play McDavid or play two balanced lines. So I'm going to go with the route of play McDavid. Um, I'm not going like super all in. Um, I think, I think I have 65% right now. So one out of three lineups that I'm making is without McDavid or is without Edmonton. So I still have some outs, uh, but that's kind of the way I'm going, right? I'm going over on McDavid. What I will say about this matchup is two things. One, Ottawa crushed them at five on five in that game. All of, em- not all. Edmonton scored half their goals on the power play. Um, you know they got their five on five goals in it as well. But let's not forget Ottawa scored five goals in that game themselves. Kachuk, Norris, and Connor Brown—that line absolutely throttled the Drysital line at even strength. Kachuk was 87% expected goal share. Josh Norris, 83%. Connor Brown, 81%. Like, they rolled that dry sidle line. So, while I, I am in on the McDavid line here, I'm mixing in that Ottawa top line with them as a game stack, and I'm using that Ottawa top line in other stacks as well, like Vancouver power play.
2: Yeah, I think, like, I'm not a huge pro of the game stack, but I think here it does make some sense. Just because Ottawa is one of the – teams that you've got multiple lines that you could use with Edmonton and they're obviously an awesome play right now. I'm planning to have like closer to 30% of my lineups with Edmonton stacks, Edmonton one, Edmonton power play, some sort of combo. Like, you know, you're just trying to avoid dupes with the Edmonton that I have, like give me a two V two away from uh, a popular lineup um, and, and just sacrifice some projection with them is kind of the, the, what I'm trying to target here when I do play uh, Edmonton, I don't think you need to fade them. I don't think you need to go all in on them. I live more in the in the middle, and uh, similar to what I did the other night, like 25 to 35 percent of my lineups have Edmonton stacks, and the rest are more of the balanced approach. They're paying up for defensemen. I, I like Dougie a lot. Um, you know, you mix in Nurse instead of Tyson Berry or something, just and hope he he has a big game at five on five. With mcdavid like there's ways to be a little bit different
3: um, oh and, and yamamoto too they're saying yamamoto's yep. a candidate for power play one minutes and we have his ownership i think it's single digits or close to it so um that would be another guy to mix it and he's cheap he's under 5k so you can do you know mcdavid dry sidle yamamoto and barry and still have money left over to make some sort of decent stack yeah uh, I like what you said about Ottawa 1. I'll definitely have some full Ottawa
2: 1 stacks. And then I'm going to also have some Ottawa 3, Colin White, Nick Paul, and Dadinoff. Um I'll have some of those as well, super cheap. Um, and, you know, I just like playing Dadnoff for 3,300, top power play, all that. So, yeah, the 5-on-5 numbers, this game was a little bit closer than what the scoreboard said after two periods especially. But um, yeah, everyone's going to hammer Edmonton. I'm going to have a ton of Edmonton. Uh, you just hope the chips fall uh, where they may, I suppose. And you hope that you get the absolute nuts because uh, that's what you're going to need if Edmonton goes off. So, this is going to be one of those nights where guys score 200 points. Uh, if Edmonton scores six goals here and everyone, like, there's going to be Reddit threads of people complaining that they didn't cash with, you know, 150. Well, yeah, because you played all the chalk and you had two zeros in your lineup. So, uh, just be prepared when Edmonton goes nuts. There's going to be a lot of tilting. I'm sure. All right. We've got just a couple minutes left, but this last game is not great. So it's the ducks and the Kings 2.6 implied total for the ducks, 2.8 for the Kings, Gibson, Cal Peterson. Those are your expected goalies.
3: Uh, one thing that you like here, anything? Yanni Hockenpah. Who is that? Oh, that's for Anaheim. He's been averaging a shot block bonus for the last five games. I'm in on Yanni Hakanpaa tonight.
2: All right, that's uh, not where I expected you to go. Uh, we got a
3: we got a what? We got another minute. So, anything more that you like in this game? Yeah, um, I do have him as a one-off. I do like John Gibson in Net. Um, I don't mind using the top Los Angeles line because they play a pile of minutes together, and they're fully correlated and they're reasonably priced. So you can mix them in with like your Vancouver power play or something like that. So. Don't mind the LA top line, but maybe like one or two, you know, 5% of your lineups or something like that. Not heavy.
2: I liked LA one. The problem is just their ownership. They're pretty popular tonight. Um, they are fully correlated. Like there are some things going with them and they're a little bit difficult to fit in with Edmonton one. So um, maybe just not the cookie cutter Edmonton one, LA one, like those be some lineups I tend to stay away from, but uh Yeah, it's just going to be secondary parts of this game. The only reason that I would have parts of this game really is just to get in more uh, stacks that I like elsewhere, whether it's Edmonton, whether it's Carolina, like they just fit nicely with a lot of other stuff. So it's not really about liking anything here, uh, especially not LA one at 15% ownership uh, in total. So anything else that we uh, failed to mention here? That's it for me. All right. All right. Perfect timing. Thank you, everybody, for joining. There will not be a show tomorrow. It's only a two-game slate, and it starts early. So uh, just be aware of that. We'll still have projections, ownership, all that kind of stuff. NBA coming on right after this. Good luck tonight, everybody. We'll catch you all in Slack.
3: Good luck.
0: Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club!